Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, David. It's going great. Day seven here, locked down in the Moen bunker during COVID-19. Just waiting for them zombies to hit, but yeah. I'm ready. I have seven days left until I return to civilization. I have not seen any human in about 10 to 15 days. So it's been oh quite interesting. I mean, I see people on Skype on Earth right now. Right. I've literally, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty well suited for the apocalypse. Cor- yeah, the corona apocalypse or the corona coronacalypse. Coronacalypse. I like it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to continue our series on the objectivist virtues. And so uh, I've talked about how all of the virtues are derivative of rationality, but it's also highlighted that three in particular are. So we already talked about honesty and how it's very closely related to rationality. But now we're going to switch to integrity. So also integrity is something that is commonly held as a good thing generally, right? In the common parlance, you know, you want to deal with someone with integrity. But I'll just kind of outline what objectivism means as uh, integrity. So they call it the principle of being principled. Right. So it's the principle of sticking to your principles. And even though many people will claim integrity is a good thing, uh, you know, you want a lawyer with integrity and these sorts of things. Actually, in our current culture, people want compromise more than anything. So I actually think that integrity is vilified in its fullest sense. So just to highlight, um, highlight the two kind of the intellectual and the existential aspect of integrity. One, the intellectual aspect is recognizing that you do need to think in principles and it's important to think in principles, not just, Oh, when I have a principle, I'll stay to it. It's an active uh, venturing forth to form principles. And it's Mm -hmm. the recognition that that is the way you understand the world. You understand the world and grow your knowledge by forming principles. And that is very important. And so you should want to do that. You should strive to create principles for your life. And then the existential aspect is act on your principles. And so that's the aspect that people will claim to agree with more broadly. You should, you know, if you're a lawyer and you have principles about your practice, you should act on them. And, and, So those are the two aspects, but it's really about highlighting not only that you should act on the principles you have, but that you need to have principles. You should care very strongly about having principles. Um, And so that's kind of the framework. And I think, again, very similar to honesty. A lot of people will take it for granted. Oh, yeah, I have integrity. I don't lie or I don't break some of my principles. But it's really in what realms of life, because this is in any realm of life, in your entire life, you need to have principles and you need to act on them and not compromise on your principles, um, which I think is really important to note. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I mean, you know, more and more, especially now amid the the COVID-19 panic, we see how easily people uh, abandon their principles, right? They're libertarian, mm. they're fair weather libertarians. But then in this case, they see how uh, massive government action is needed to stop this catastrophe or you allegedly, know, you know, allegedly, right? And I, I see people abandoning principles left and right, you know, uh, over the last year or two, uh, you know, the, the rise of the alt-right and Donald Trump uh, populism, you know, I've, I've seen people abandon libertarian principles because the climate 
catastrophe looms. I've seen mm. them abandon libertarian principles because a migration catastrophe looms. And now we're seeing them abandon libertarian principles because a, um, because a, uh, a COVID-19 catastrophe looms. Right. And so none of these people, you know, again, I completely agree with you. These principles, they're more important during times of catastrophe and crisis than ever. This is, you know, how we get through. They're not for just fair weather times. Right. They're even more for times of catastrophe. And and this is when we really need to to get to operate from principle to figure out how we're going to survive. You know, if it was a zombie apocalypse, if your principle is uh, two shots to the head on every zombie, because, you know, I'm thinking of zombie land or whatever, where I yeah. think it was uh, two shots to the head. And as soon as he violated that principle, one of the zombies came back and almost killed right. him or something like that. Stick to your principles, man. You know, yeah. like, like <laughs> and I think it's important, like, yeah. And it's important that, you know, this goes hand in hand with rationality and honesty that you need to want to create the right principles. So it's not just form a principle right. in a vacuum and stick to it for no reason. And that's what people might call stubborn, but they'd call that stubborn even with good principles. But it's about being dedicated and really wanting to know what are the right principles? How do I create these? And then if it's a true principle, it needs to apply in the whole reason you create them, like you said, is for the more complex situations. And I think it's interesting. You, you highlighted that, you know, it's only in the past few years, people are abandoning principles. Wow. I think yeah. it's, it's, you know, and to highlight politics, it's the same as with honesty. Politicians with integrity are by and large vilified because they don't compromise enough. They don't go middle of the road. And you yeah. see, you know, the, what the libertarian party often stands for and also what you know people are wanting in a politician seemingly and why Bernie is somewhat popular somewhat very popular is because he seems to be principled he seems to have integrity even though I think his principles are wrong and not rational so he doesn't have integrity in a proper sense of the word because you can't have integrity for irrational principles in objectivist formulation at least but they, they see he's committed to his principles and they want that. There's like a craving for that. But politics for a very long time has been completely uh, without uh, integrity. Yeah, no, I, I think there's some truth to that. I don't know. I think a lot of the Bernie supporters because he has he wants free stuff. Um, That's fair. You know, people people want free stuff. But, uh, you know, I think that what we're seeing on the political stage is actually popularity for lack of integrity. You know, there, there's no integrity to any principles that... Well, that's... Sorry to interrupt, but I think that's actually what's interesting about Trump and his popularity is because it's almost as if he was principally done principle. Like, right. every right. politician was unprincipled but Donald Trump was blatantly unprincipled on principle almost right. right to make a play on words. Right. So I think that is honestly what people were attracted to in him because you're right. Like the, there's just been a complete uh, vacuum of principle in politics. Right. Well, you know, let's, let's give an example of, um, you know, mob. I think what we're seeing a lot is mob mentality, right? So, mm -hmm. You know, people are going to the grocery stores right now because they see other people going to the grocery stores and hoarding stuff. So they're like, yeah. oh, I guess this is what you do. Um, 
you know, like the whole toilet paper thing uh, started, I guess, from a toilet paper factory in China saying that they were going to switch focus to manufacturing masks. So there might be a bit of a toilet paper shortage in that area. Mm. So a bunch of Chinese people went to the grocery stores and started stocking up on toilet paper. North Americans saw that and said, oh, that's, I guess, what you do in (laughs) the the Rona crisis. And uh, they started doing that. And then, you know, guys like me saw all these people clearing up the shelves and were like, oh, geez, I better get in there and get some of that myself. So just this mob rushed after it, right? Or you you can think of a a riot, right? Like, who are you more likely to follow? The people with integrity that just stand there um, or the people that are rushing out and breaking windows and grabbing stuff, right? People are more likely to go after the people, you know. And right now we have integrity is going out the window because of the, the fear that's being manufactured by the media largely. So whatever that fear is, uh, we want to assuage that fear and that's our, and so we abandon integrity to, to get what, whatever we need to do to assuage that fear. It's like going after heroin or something like that. We don't have not acting out of integrity when we go off that we're, we're trying to chase a high or fill a void or, Whatever. So I'm interested to push on that point a bit because you say people are abandoning integrity and I think you're using it in the kind of existential aspect. They're abandoning their principles. But I would, I was, before you even brought that up, I was going to ask you if you think many or most of the people around you have integrity in the intellectual aspect. Do people actually think in principle? Do they care to think in principle? Because you really have to have a focused mind to be able to do that. And I see that many people around me don't think in principle. They just no, kind of no, react right. to things. And so now yeah. they don't have principles they're abandoning. They're just doing what they think is best without any principles. So it's not exactly an abandoning of integrity in the way I'm trying to use the word, maybe. No, that, that's fair. They, you can't abandon something you never had, I suppose. Um, yeah. I guess I, I, I am thinking of people that identified as libertarians at one time and now are either fascists or green fascists or, you know, uh, suddenly all in favor of quarantines for enforced quarantines, mm-hmm. you know, those people, it seems like they had integrity at one time, but maybe I'm fooling myself. Maybe they didn't have a focus. Well, maybe they just, um, it, you know, liked in, some of the platitudes of libertarianism, and, but weren't yeah. actually deeply, rooted in it in our episode on fascism you even said how some people are just attracted oh because to one policy point and they don't care right. to be principled yeah. on it right and so right. those are the people who don't have principles right who just are attracted to one party or the other or they like oh yeah they want their guns and their weed and their hookers so they're a libertarian but they don't understand any of the principles as to why because right. they don't have integrity in that sense right yeah no that's fair one thing that i want to highlight Um, again, how difficult it is to actually have integrity. And so we talked about how difficult it is to be honest with yourself in a full way. And I mean, just in terms of processing power, it's difficult to have integrity because it's difficult to really understand and form principles and these sorts of things. And so I think that's kind of obvious that it's not easy to care enough to and really put in the effort to form principles. But the existential aspect is much more difficult than people think as well, especially when you get into moral integrity and, and if you have different views than the people around you. 
to really right. stick to your principles, no matter what is, no matter who says you're a jerk, no matter who says they're not going to, you know, they're going to disown you, no matter all of these other things. And we'll talk next time about the virtue of independence, uh, which is an objectivist virtue. But it's so important to form your own principles firsthanded. What do I think? How do I think of this? And to stick to them no matter what else people say. And we'll talk more about right. that in independence. But it's so, so difficult. And I mean, I've really felt that. I mean, I literally isolated myself from you know, the people around me, because there's so much feedback, there's so much, um, you know, there's so many people telling you to be different, to abandon your principles for this reason, for that reason. And, you know, oh, maybe just this one thing, like, oh, this is just a small thing, right? Just just this time, do it for this reason. Um, whereas, like, if you have, if you let it slip up for anything, it really seeps in. And then, affects your mental health and many other things as well, I think. Right. So, well, You're about to ask me a question. Yeah. So how, how do we develop principles? What's a good way to create principles, know they're good principles. That's, that's, that's a very long conversation, right? So that's the whole field of epistemology of what is knowledge? How do we create principles? How does our mind work? Right. Um, so I can't get, I don't have enough, I don't have enough, uh, ability to communicate that well, but it is not easy. Right. It's not like it's yeah. an easy thing, but the number one thing is be committed to reason and rationality. Right. And the truth. You have to look at the truth, follow the truth. And then you it's a process of abstraction through logic and to kind of see what's similar and, and create principles. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and, and I think like he, it, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that uh, what do you think about this statement? that almost everyone operates from unconscious principles that they're unaware of, right? Maybe the principle is I need to relieve my anxiety at, a, at any cost uh, or, um, you know, I need, I need um, a story that, that alleviates my anxiety uh, or I, something like that. That's a good question. I, so, because there's always, I, I think that there are always underlying reasons why people choose a particular position, right? So why does someone support a particular political position? Why would they support that position over another position? There's a reason why, and uncovering that reason is, and it can be down to a simple principle, I, like I, right? I just wouldn't know if I would call that a principle necessarily, but I agree with the sentiment. And so objectivism does say that everyone has an implicit philosophy, right? So, uh, which is, you know, kind right. of your biggest, most abstracted principles for how you guide your life. But there are some people who just do what feels good, right? I'm good. And so that could be called their principle, but I don't know if that's necessarily a principle, right? When I think of principle, I think of more of kind of a conscious 
decision, right? Like, cause people just react and have assumptions and things. So I would use principle more for like a consciously formed thing, even if it's wrong. Um, whereas it's hard for me to know how organized or disorganized someone's subconscious is, uh, if they're just kind of reacting to things. But I, yeah. but I essentially agree with you that people do work on, and that's the whole point of, uh, like the, the first essay I ever read of Ayn Rand's is philosophy who needs it. And it's, everyone has a philosophy. Your only choice right. is, are you consciously aware of it and choosing it? Or is it a mongrel that's just in your subconscious? Right. And so basically it is a set of principles that you've just absorbed through the culture, uh, or your parents over time. And you have no idea why you do what you do. But then I'd be hard to press to say that's principled, right? It's kind right. of well, and, and this kind of goes back to our honesty thing a little bit. In that, so so the way I look at this is we are all running code. It's it's like an operating system. There's root code, right? And I, I mm-hmm. don't whether you call them principles or not. There, it's an underlying thing that we operate from, and that that operation usually occurs at a subconscious level. We're not aware of where our feelings are coming from in the moment. We usually say, oh, it's coming from what that person said, but, but no, it's actually coming from inside our own brain. Um, you know, so those right. sounds that the person said triggered our operating system. And, and so if we really want to get our operating system tight and on point and in a place where we can flourish, we need to understand what line of code that was that was just triggered and right. we can change that code, which to me is like adopting a principle and then having integrity with it. Um, but so- uh yeah, you're I, I you're for the most part accurate in the way I view it, but it there's a slight uh, gap. So your your operating system that runs automatically is your emotional response, right? Like that does happen automatically and you can reprogram it. But it's much more. E- I mean, it's not easy still to act on principle, especially if you've been acting on emotion and your subconscious operating system for most of right. your life, which many people do but it's easier to start consciously acting on principle. And then it takes a long time sometimes to have it. So your emotional automatic mechanism is in line with those principles you've consciously decided. But what happens with many people is they take the subconscious operating system for granted as if it gives them information. Oh, I feel good. I should do this. Right. So it's, it's the two are, they're not detached, but they're different. Right. Um, Right. And so, yeah, yeah. So I I see what you're saying. So so the principle is almost a way of overriding your base instincts or emotionality, right? It's like saying, okay, even though I feel like doing this right now, why do I feel this wired up? Like I I'm going to operate on my principle that I've decided on rationally, despite Mm -hmm. everything in my body screaming. Otherwise um, I'm still going to remain committed to that. But now we need to do the work. Now we need to do the work of understanding why it is that we're having that emotional trigger, what line of code is causing that. And I think real growth comes from uncovering that line of code and reprogramming it so that uh, we don't, so our emotions line up with our principles. Right. And, And that actually highlights a really important aspect of integrity that I didn't talk about, that we haven't touched on yet, is Again, integrity with yourself. We talked about integrity with others, but it's no, when you form a principle consciously and you know it's true, 
but you're, you've been acting differently for 20 years, it's really difficult to stick to that principle. I'm doing something I know to be good, but my body is screaming that, I, that it's wrong because I used to do the opposite. I used to party right. more and I, and I loved it and the high or whatever, but I know it's bad for me to, do, to get blackout drunk or whatever. Right. I mean, that's a simple a- answer. But it is very difficult to stay to your principles, yeah. even when your emotional mechanisms are going against you. But it's recognizing right. that those don't give you information about what's going right. on. They just give you information about how like, you used to look at things and how you feel about what's going on. Um, and yeah. so it's and really I, important to right. keep your integrity and know that you can reprogram that when you stick to principles and when it makes sense and having that integration of your emotional mechanism with your conscious decisions, that's like a, a big factor of happiness, which we touched on before right, as well. Right. Having yeah, that integration. So, so to give an example or break this down, I, at one, you know, when I first discovered objectivism and libertarianism and, and said, okay, um, a principle that I hold dear is do not initiate force, only use force protectively. Um, and then I noticed, oh, I don't have integrity because I am using threats of force with my kids. I'm threatening uh, maybe a spanking or a timeout or whatever. Um, and I'm using that in an initiatory way. In other words, it's not protecting them. It's not protecting them in the moment. It's after the fact. It's mm-hmm. punitive. And it's not. Um, and so I decided, okay, I'm going to stick with this principle now. I was still having emotional reactions when they behave badly and I really wanted to do something about it, but I stopped myself from doing it. And then I noticed things weren't getting any better with their behavior either. So I had to be like, okay, my principal is telling me I can't do this. I'm still having this emotional reaction. I need to figure out, okay, why am I having this emotional reaction? And usually it was because of my own stuff, not their stuff. Like the stuff yeah. they were doing was just a trigger for my own emotional reaction. So I had to rewrite that code and understand, okay, that they are just being kids and, you know, they don't know. And and then it also helped me figure out, okay, I, I need to approach parenting in a different way. Now I need to start thinking like an entrepreneur. I have to imagine they're my customers. I have to deliver them to their future selves right. in as best form as I can. When well, that's, that's the, the intellectual yeah. aspect of integrity, you realized I right. need to start applying. I can't just parent how I think I should parent. I need right. to assess what are the principles of good parenting. Sorry exactly, to interrupt. Exactly. But. Yeah, no, exactly. And so I started with that one principle, but then I added another principle of, okay, I need to act essentially like an entrepreneur. I need to provide value. My job is to get them to their future self. I have a custodial duty to them. So there are certain things I'm going to need to force them to do, like brush their teeth and have baths and different things. And th- that is in integrity with my thing where I'm only using force protectively. Uh, okay. But it turns out I didn't even hardly ever have to use force even protectively. Mm -hmm. Once I adopted the mindset or the principle of I need to be an entrepreneurial parent and provide value to them and really hear their needs and their unspoken needs and help meet them and, and understand that I actually was contributing to probably 90% of their bad behavior by how I was showing up as a parent. Once I figured mm-hmm. that out, and once I figured out how to provide value to them by spending time with them, by teaching them things, by doing the things that they naturally wanted that I was denying them uh, because I was just using force and keeping them confined in between the, in this safe area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Th- so, so things changed dramatically after that. So um, 
yeah, I, I guess that that's the example, I guess, that came to mind for me of, of trying to live a principled life yeah, and, and how I, things can improve uh, dramatically when you do that. Yeah, I really appreciate that example. I think it's absolutely right. And it's in any realm, right? So people will often be more principled about work, right? Yeah, I know I need this. You know, these are the rules for coding. These are the principles of good coding. Or this is how you treat a patient as a doctor or, or a paramedic or whatever. And people have principles. They don't just go in the moment and see how they feel like acting. They have principles of how they live their life. But in many areas, in any kind of humanities-based areas, right, parenting, philosophy, uh, good psychology, relationships, communication, people don't have principles. And we've talked a bunch about nonviolent communication. Here are principles for good communication. And maybe they're not perfect, but it's sure as heck better to have principles to live by and principles to follow, and then you can modify them accordingly than to just completely willy-nilly uh, go about your life. Um, and so I think that really highlights quite well how in any aspect of life, it's important to have principles. And then in objectivism, it's saying, and in particular for what is good. Right. You really need to have principles about what is good. What type of person do you want to be? What kind of soul do you want to create for yourself? But right. it's then applicable everywhere. And so give, give me an example of some principles. Now, do, is there like a lexicon of, of objectivist principles that we should all follow? Or are you, does objectivism say you should come up with your own? It depends on the area. So there be no, there's no sort of like uh, there's no commandments, but there are principles, right? And so the whole, right. the whole aspect is this is a principle you, sh you can and should live by, but it's very abstract, right? So the, right. we talked about the, the, that you should be honest. You should not fake reality. That's a principle, right? right? And so like you can – but the most important thing is rationality. You should use your mind as your primary uh, – as your only source of – information. So if you rationally think that's a good principle, you can adopt it. Um, so I think, I mean, I, I might be misspeaking here, but like the process of logic, I think is a principle. There are, so yes, there are objectivist principles. I don't know if there's a list of here are the objectivist principles, right. but uh, the virtues are all principles. Like they're, they're presented in a form that is a principle. Um, so uh, the principle, yeah. like and, you, and sh you certain... should be principled is a principle, right? And that's right, why it's right, the right. principle of being principled. Right, um, right. And, and the non-initiation of force is a principle as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a principle, you know, when I think of principles, I think of something that can be universally applied, I right. guess. And, yeah. and not something that just you employ sometimes, but not other times. But right. we can all operate off that principle and not have conflict with each other. In fact, that's a good way of avoiding conflict with each other or violent conflict with each other is don't initiate force. And when two people have principles and actually have them grasped as principles, they can discuss them and figure out, I want my principles to be right. And if yeah. you have a different principle, we can actually discuss where our principles come from, why we hold them. And so, yes, there are a bunch of objectivist principles and that's what a philosophy is, uh, is a set of guiding principles of as here is how you use your mind. Here is how you lead a life um, based on these principles. Whereas often religion is much more about authority figures and doctrines. Here's concretely what you do. And that's why people think 
that any sort of guidance or like universal guidance can't be possible, but they're, they're thinking of it in the wrong light because a principle is about applying this to a situation, which people do in many aspects of life. They're just, uh, it's unusual for them to view it that way for morality, I think. Right. That wasn't particularly concise or clear, but I think it captured the point. Yeah, no, I get it. Okay. And so now how do we have more integrity in our lives? What is a Uh, takeaway for ad for refreshing or adding integrity into our lives? Well, the first thing is to develop principles and stick with them. Um, Is there any area you can think of that? Yeah, I need to, I need to be more productive and, um, you know, I, I need to be more productive in this world. And so I'm trying to We'll have to a think whole of, episode. That's one of the virtues. We'll have a whole episode <laughs> on productivity. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll save it for that then. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of a principle. Like would, would getting up early be, in, be a principle or? No, I don't uh, think so. It's, it's no. so it, it's more, I mean, I don't think that would be a principle. That would be a rule for yourself. So like what kind for me, I, I, you know, I highlighted a bit and I think I'll talk about how I, I had thought I was being non-independent. I thought I was relying on other people for my sources of what's good and what's true. But I realized I'd been fairly independent in what I thought was true, but I was acting against my own beliefs because I wanted to like not make these friends upset or not upset this family member. And so I wasn't having integrity to my own principles because I was putting their desire over what I thought was true and good. Hmm. So that's kind of a wide ranging thing, but I'm trying to think of what aspect of my life I need to have principles for. And so maybe it's actually my health comes to mind right now. I've, I, I eat kind of without any principles and I just kind of buy and eat whatever. And I work out sometimes and not methodically. And so I need to have more of a principle as to what actually am I trying to optimize for, for my health? What do I care about in terms of what I'm putting into my body and create rules around that and create a set of principles as to what I will buy, what I will, what I won't, when I'll let myself, you know, and, and so I think nutrition is an area that, and this is getting a bit away from the moral integrity, but uh, I think that's an area I can add principle uh, into my life. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely an area I can add principle into my life. Um, You know, maybe the principle is uh, I need to be productive before I um, engage in any leisure activity or something like that. Um, Maybe that's a rule, maybe that's a principle, but there's something there around wanting to be more productive and making that a priority. Um, so I think, above. yeah, what, yeah, what comes to mind is like, uh, like productiveness is like a top priority, uh, in my life or like rather than like, I need to do, uh, productiveness every day before I can have leisure activity. It's more about, right. yeah, like no productiveness is really important to me. It's, it should, I mean, objectivism calls it your central purpose is productiveness. Right. Um, and so having it as a principle as no, I do need to make sure my life is generally oriented around productiveness 
that would be a principle as opposed to, oh, I need to be productive every day before I can you right. know, watch TV or whatever. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, that's good. All right. So yeah, I think having that kind of um, meta, well, it, it, I, I think of it as, a, as an overarching principle, kind of overarching my life. Now I need to operate within that. But I, it, it's almost like, okay, there's, that's the higher good is being productive. That's the principle I'm aiming for. And now I need to keep that consciously aware in my mind. That's the principle I'm operating from is I need to be a productive human. And now I can develop rules and systems around that to be, to maintain that. But as soon as I I lose consciousness of that or lose sight of that, you know, I like, I need to have that reminder regularly. I think I need to remind myself regularly that I need to be a productive human. Right. And, and if all I of, do that, maybe good things will come. Right. And all of those rules you can put in place are also part of integrity. It's right. finding out how to implement your principle in real life. And so, yeah, it's sometimes you do have to give yourself rules and stuff like that, but that's not the principle, right? It's the, right. that's trying to figure out how do I apply this principle in my own life? And that's where it would be different for all types of people. I'm right. trying to think if I have a moral, uh, a moral principle to apply better or think of, but like, it's not like it's easy to come up with important principles on the spot either. Right. Um, like, Oh, we can just come up with new principles. Um, yeah. Well, what are, what are some principles that you operate from right now? I, I mean, I tend to operate as much as I can from the objectivist moral uh, principles because I do believe in them quite a bit. So I form my own judgments. Um, really, I think sticking to just having integrity generally being principled is what I've been focusing on. But what came up right. in our conversation of honesty was about um, so like applying that in a different light. You know, I was saying how I was quite harsh on people who aren't honest with themselves. And so that brings in the principle of justice. Right. Am I pe- right. treating people unjust? And I'm I'm like so scared of the person I was that if they you know, are somewhat like that, I I judge them too harshly, and I don't give them the benefit Mm. of the doubt. And so like, that would be applying the principle of justice better. Um, Right, right. And and so that's what sort of comes to mind. I don't know if that is what you were thinking of. But yeah, no, I was I was just more curious as to what you know, like, I have little principles that I apply in my life, like I talked about my parenting principles, Mm. a little bit. Um, You know, I think I have a relationship principle around, um, you know, the, the principle in my relationship with my wife is something around, um, always like uh, it's being in, in an intimate relationship. And that by that, I mean, like having good communication, understanding what's going on in each other's minds, what our needs are, how we can help each other meet them, all those Mm. things in the moment. And then there are are kind of rules that I build around that in terms of how we have difficult conversations or when one of us is triggered, how do we show up for each other in those conversations, understanding that the overall principle here is to maintain intimacy. It's not, and so that then that, that changes my strategy from being defensive and arguing back and saying, well, you're wrong about this fact and that fact to more like, okay, understanding there's some, there's some kind of negative emotion here. There's internal suffering. There's an unmet need. And that's what I'm trying to get to because I want a relationship with that, with their inner self. And even though there's, and and I do the same thing, I get defensive and I get, you know, frustrated. And sometimes, you know, I need that back. And so to me, that is kind of like the overarching 
relationship right. principle is maintaining into an intimate relationship, a close relationship for, so, and so, then we build the rules around that kind of thing. That actually brings a lot of clarity to my mind because I've been so obsessed for the last three years, basically with moral principles and with putting my life in order generally that I actually don't think I have many other principles in my life. I've kind right. of been so focused on like building my soul, putting my soul in order, which obviously I'm grateful I had the flexibility to do that. But in the past six months in particular, I've basically lived without any principle, not, not completely unprincipled, but I've been moving wherever it felt like I should move. Uh, and right. I've just been really kind of getting data. So it feels like I'm now at a point where I'm going back to Canada and I'm going to use all of the data I've collected to form principles about how I want to live my life, right? And so I don't actually in areas outside of morality and, you know, uh, I don't have many existential principles, let's say. I have principles as to how I use my mind and how I, you know, decide right. what is good and how, to, how I should live in that sense. But I've not actually implemented many principles in my existence let's say yeah so that's and another interesting and I think, to think of it that uh, way right and i think there might be other principles around relationships with other people right when to know whether that relationship is something we should hold on to or something we should sever for example mm -hmm. uh you know a principle might be that you know if a person doesn't reciprocate or doesn't um provide value to my life then mm. and yeah you know, what is the right have, what is the right principle as to when to remove someone from your life or not and those sorts right. of things because and that'll know, come see, up in, yeah yeah well and, and it's interesting to me because i see like you know my daughter has a bunch of old friends from high school that she's still in close contact with and they get together regularly and all i hear about is drama and this person is doing that and stuff like that and so to me it's mm. like okay what principle would you use here to determine whether you continue on with the scripture, are they providing value to you? Um, you know, right. what I see is basically a bunch of kids who were forced into this government indoctrination camp who were all scared and all clung to and each then, other. And, and now that's just the inertia of that, yeah. like just a bunch of dysfunctional people put in a dysfunctional environment now carrying on that dysfunction going forward. Um, okay. If I were yeah. in, in her shoes, what would I do to determine whether, you know, and so, Things yeah, like that. that. Those are things I think about in terms of because I'm in that fatherhood mode right now. I'm trying yeah. to impart some wisdom to my kids, and I, and it's making me think about my own life. About well, what kind of wisdom do I have when it comes to relationships? And, and that's really them interesting. Cutting them off when you know because when people you know we did touch on how society is not really principled, and people will claim even morality is subjective, right? There's no such thing right. as moral principles at all. And the way I highlight and they that, make that is, uh, they make that as, an, as if it's an objective claim, right? Right, exactly. Uh, it, but yeah. the way I highlight it to them is, well, if you had a kid, what do you tell them to do? Don't you want right. to try and give your kid wisdom? That would be like a moral principle. And so it's interesting yeah. you highlight that. And I, I mean, relationships are quite tough. And, and uh, you know, I've thought a lot about what are my principles as to, um, you know, who do I keep in my life and why? And yeah. what, uh, you know, what objectivism says about that is like, you need to have a value hierarchy, right? You, you, I mean, everyone does, and it's just, you need to be very clear and understand what your value hierarchy is. And if you, yeah, you can still value this person, but if you value feeling good about yourself more than you value this person, which you should, 
um, and they always are putting you down, then that's yeah. something to really consider. And okay, I don't want to be with people who make me feel bad about myself, right? Is yes. I don't know if that's a principle, but it's it would be a very simple principle, right? Um, yeah. And so with the people I and and my you know who I'm friends with has significantly shifted even in the past year, um, and it's very much around who is adding value to my life, who definitely does not add disvalue to my life and make me feel bad about myself. Right. Um, right. And I mean, I have high standards as well. Like I have, I want to be great. I want to be around people who also want to be great, who are committed to improving themselves, to growing and these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and that's very rare, but that's my standard. Right. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that comes to mind is like, as I'm trying to come up with fatherly advice, what I might do is look back at all my mistakes and maybe failed romantic relationships and think, okay, what principle would I have followed that would have avoided that situation? And yeah, that someone who's making me constantly feel bad about myself or constantly making me sacrifice to appease them, um, that those are things I want to stay away from. Right. So, um, that's how I try to formulate these these principles that they could follow maybe to have success in romantic relationships. But as I see my daughters start to date and have boyfriends and get into serious relationships and wondering, okay, is this the right person? Like, is is this relationship going to work? Are they investing in something that's going to be long-term? What would I tell them? How would they know all those kinds of things start popping up for me? And that's, this is where principles and integrity to then to those principles has a huge ramifications because they could spend 10, 10 years in a bad relationship trying to make it work, engaging mm-hmm. in the sunk cost fallacy of I put this much time in, I right. need to keep going, right? And so I think, yeah, you, talking about that value hierarchy or like, okay, let's say, you know, you, you're going to want to have kids in the next few years because your ovaries are going to be screaming at you. And this is kind of just a biological imperative. And it adds a lot of value to your life to have, have kids in your life. It's something you're going to want. Now, knowing that you are going to be tied up being a nurturer and a caregiver to that kid, is your husband going to be okay with you exiting the workforce? Are you going to be able to live within your means? What if there's conflict about that? How are you going to determine that? What values hierarchy are you going to uh, subscribe to to sort out these things? Because ultimately, you should want to have the same life trajectory and goals. and, and, And if you're with the right husband, he's going to want you to stay home with those kids and he will have no problem at all going out and bringing food back to the family and supporting that because it adds value to his life to do that yeah. and, and vice versa. So how are you going to work through that? How are you going to solve that? Right. And, and so yeah. those are the kinds of conversations I'm having with my kids right now in terms of, uh, doing when, so the, 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 yeah. And this highlights, I mean, how important principles are to relationships generally both for like parent kid and in relationships, humans can only deal with the world through principles, right? That's the only way to deal with it in any sort of long range manner. And so you have to be able to talk with your potential spouse. What are your principles? How do you view the world? And here are my principles. Do we have agreements? Do we have disagreements? How can we reconcile it? And the same with, you know, a parent uh, and kid. And it's important to, yeah, look at your relationship history see what principles you would take from them, see if they're true. And then that's how you can communicate advice to your daughter. Whereas, you know, many parents will just say, Oh, I don't like this guy because of this thing. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to her. 
uh, if it's just, well, you know, I disagree about that one thing, but if you can explain right. why it's attached to a principle that's important for life generally, it's a lot more meaningful. And then it also helps like kind of ensure integrity in terms of, you know, how it's used colloquially that you're not biased, right? No, that this, I am looking at this objectively. Here's the principle at play. Here's where it doesn't meet up in this situation versus, oh, I don't like the feel of this guy, right? So yes. principles have such an important role to play in any sort of interhuman relationship. Oh, a- absolutely. Well, right? Like, you know, I, I look back to uh, a boyfriend my daughter had and immediate red flags, right? Um, he had all these pictures with his shirt off, flexing. He was driving around with this jacked up truck with right. truck nuts hanging off the back. And, you know, I'm like, okay, here, here are the warning signs I'm seeing. This guy has a false sense of, he's, he's got a poor relationship to masculinity, let's see, say, because he mm-hmm. thinks that having muscles and having a jacked up truck is what makes him a, a man or a good man, right? So these are the warning signs I'm seeing, right? So it's not just like, I don't like this guy because of, what he's driving or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, <clears throat> here's what those things are signed. And, and I think that's very important yeah. right now. It turns out this guy eventually smacked her. I wanted to kill the guy and, you know, mm-hmm. she took him to court for assault and stood, had to stand trial, you know, so all, all these warning signs and what I thought about them came true. Now I've got quite a bit more credibility when it comes to yeah. um, helping her through relationships and noticing things. Right. Yeah. And I think, but, I don't but, know. but it's, it's, yeah, but it's connecting it to that principle and understanding the wisdom mm. behind that. It's not just, I have a bad feeling about this guy. It's here's the reason. And it's very difficult for most people to, to rationale, to, to rationally explain that reason. Right. And that's what I was going to say so is important. that's why committing to forming principles is so important because you could say this is a principle about, you know, what a healthy relationship with masculinity is. But until you can formulate that in a, in a way you can communicate it, it's going to be very difficult to receive that. If you could have had it perfectly formulated, here's how a man should be relate, like have his relation with masculinity, that would be much more meaningful potentially yes. than just, oh, like, look, this guy's kind of a douche yeah. or whatever. Right, right. right and right. so and like, what, and what would be the, what would be the evidence that they are portraying that good, healthy relationship to masculinity? Uh, what would the signs be? What would the, you know, well, yeah. it might be like he's, he's taking responsibility in his own life. He's paying his bills. He's going to work. He's um, being respectful. And, um, he's, he is, um, and when, I, I wanted to say sacrificing himself for uh, the, the woman in his life, but that's no, the wrong but he, word. He, he values the woman in his life highly so he can right. prioritize her accordingly. It's not a exactly. sacrifice. But, exactly. And yeah. the other thing that principles are so value for, valuable for in communication is because then, it, then you're talking about a principle, not a person. You're not talking about, oh, what's this guy got wrong? You could engage your right. daughter with, well, what do you think healthy masculinity is? Let's just talk about that generally like, and, and yeah. agree on what a man should be like or what his relationship with his own masculinity should be. And you can talk about that still grounding it in reality, but in a sort of more detached way. And then you agree, this is the principle we agree on. And now let's look at how this principle applies in this situation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's good. Cool. Well, I think we have a lot coming out of this as to how we can better have integrity and really fleshing out how, again, how big an issue integrity is about being principled. 
It's not so simple right. as people think the same way. Well, honesty. yeah, exactly. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm amending my takeaways here to uh, <laughs> a more family oriented thing of, okay, I'm seeing, you know, my kids all go through this stage where they're going through school. They're trying to figure out their careers they're trying to like, they're making probably the most important life decisions they can right now. Yeah. And I'm in a position to give them advice and guidance. And this is a reminder that of the principle of having principles and talking mm -hmm. about those principles and, and, and helping them formulate their own principles about how to and navigate this difficult time. Right. Right. And I think, yeah, even if it's not just like telling them what yours are, it's working with them. And even like what we're doing right now, we're, we're chewing the idea of integrity and principles. And so I think right. that is what, what a close relationship in particular a parent to an adult child is so valuable and so important for is you can, talk to them and help them form their principles and, and just be honest right. with them about your thoughts on it. And you could come up with new principles as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even like my other daughter's moving up from Vancouver at the end of the month. So yesterday we were out looking at apartments in Edmonton for her and, you know, she found some nice ones that were just outside their what they had set for their price range. And, you know, so we had a difficult conversation about, okay, what are your goals? Right. So what's your highest value? You want to own a place in a couple of years, you're going to need to set aside yeah. money each time. So would it be better now to suffer a little hardship and have maybe live in a less than ideal place and be able to save up and achieve those goals? Or do you want to live right. comfortably for the next couple of years and not be able to afford a place? And, you know, having those conversations has, uh, yeah, yeah. So this is just a reminder of how important that is. One last thing, we're running a bit long, but it that just makes me think how I'm not very principled when it comes to my use of money for sure. But it also the kind of, oh, we're just outside our budget. The it, It's a good example of where the breach of a principle right. is a problem and why compromise in compromise of principles is bad because, oh, it's just an extra $10. It's just an extra $50. And this is right. what happens in government, right? Oh, we're just going to let the government take away this small right. It's not yeah. a big deal. It's just this right. But once a principle is breached, yes, there's no going back, right? You, yeah. you have to have, it's black and white. It, this is a principle. Is it broken or not? Which, you know, non-aggression principle and a lot of, and why libertarians and objectivists stand by their principles. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, David.